All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Present Tense Podcast with Andre and Matt. How you doing, Matt? Fantastic. How's you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I Recently, I've just been, especially with the Olympics and sports kind of ramping up, getting close to March Madness, I've just been thinking about uh, success and failure and how our conversations of comfort and transition and growth and changing and how it pertains to each or how each is connected um basically raise the question of are you motivated by fear of success or motivated by fear of failure and so that's kind of the question that i posed today yeah it's interesting i, I think um i mean first of all like, i know fear is a very motivating factor mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure even though sometimes I don't want to admit that yeah. for myself. I like to, I want to feel that I'm driven by love and that alone. But I know a lot of the things I do is because is I'm fearful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the things, so some, just some of the things I'm driven to. Um, I'm not really driven by work that much. Like I, I appreciate my job. It's a great job. allows me to live... Uh, a very comfortable life. So I am driven to do that out of fear because I don't want to mess it up. Mm-hmm. But I don't really have a, a strong love for that so okay. much. Um, I'm, I'm really into you know, working out and health and fitness and all that. And I do enjoy it. There is a love there. But to be totally honest, there is also a fear, especially as I get older, that I will lose that and I will no longer look the way I'm accustomed to looking. And a lot of my identity is tied up in my appearance still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do have a fear of losing that. So that is a definitely part of my driving force with that. Um, and I think just a little bit of it's in everything, even in my, you know, my relationship. I, I love my wife insanely, unreasonably. So, but to be honest, yeah, there's still a little fear of, of losing that and not going away. Um, so I would say I'm, I'm driven, if it's fear of success, fear of failure, I'm probably driven a little bit more by fear of failure than a fear of, of success. Although I do have resistance. I notice resistance with things when I'm trying to do something such as like this podcast, right? I've wanted to do this for what, two years? <laughs> we <laughs> talked least. about it for two years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I never actually started it because I would record a little something. I would listen to it. And I think it just sucked. <laughs> so there was a fear there of how it sounds to someone else. Uh, fear of what other people would think. But also a very self-fear of... I don't sound the way I think I sound in my head. I don't come across as nearly as profound or thoughtful or insightful when I'm listening to myself as I do when I think when I'm talking <laughs> or how I think I'm coming across as I'm talking. Uh, so definitely a fear of others there and a little bit of fear of commitment with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what if it does become something that, that people are looking to and it becomes something people are attached to, I feel like like a fraud, like a failure. Like I'm not I'm not really that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so that I think that was the, some of the, the, the fear things that drive me a little bit. How about you? For me personally, it's definitely fear of failure. I know that I've never wanted to be one that accepted failure. I, my mom got me into sports or I asked to be in sports around third grade. And so that started with baseball and basketball. And as a kid, I guess that's how I knew I had that competitive gene because I never wanted to be the worst on my team. I always wanted to be the best or one of the best. I wanted my name in there in the conversation. So... While I think I'm motivated by a fear of failure for things, I'm also motivated to succeed because of that fear of failure. So let me just ask, so with you, with you playing sports, if there was a, a big moment or a big game, were you nervous and didn't want to carry the weight of that? Or were you nervous and you still wanted the weight of it? That's interesting. It was different for different sports. Okay. So I knew where I was better. Mm-hmm. Football. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that. I wanted the ball in my hands. I wanted to call the defensive plays. I wanted everything big time and major. Put it all on me. Shit. Don't don't blame my teammates. <laughs> Put it all on me. And that's where my leadership qualities come from. Um, however, in baseball... When I was going through a slump, it could get bad, man. And that's when that's when I realized that my mental might be a little fragile when I'm not as good as I think I should be. And that definitely happened in baseball. Basketball was a little bit of a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I started out as one of the best players, and then I just started focusing on football. So I lost that drive for basketball, and I just, I guess, didn't mind if it wasn't on my hands to lead. I wanted to facilitate and, you know, be a a willing contributor, but... Maybe it's just a baseball thing, because I played a little baseball. I was horrible at it as well, so yeah. I was just like, it was definitely not my sports, but I, I would feel the same thing. And I noticed, like, you know, watching, you know, watching the playoffs. I always remember, you know, Alex Rodriguez, who played for, for your Yankees mm-hmm. for, for a little bit. And people got on him so bad because he was trying so hard, but you could tell he was nervous about the moment. And, and I could relate to that a little bit, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to baseball. Like, I would feel those nerves. Yeah. Even if, you know, it was a Saturday afternoon in the third inning and it was nothing, nothing. Like, I, there was <laughs> yeah, there was no pressure in the moment, per se, but just... Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't great at it and I didn't feel confident about it, mm-hmm. I was more nervous yep. about that. And then for me, you know, my sport was basketball, and same as you with football, like I wanted it. Yeah, I, I was nervous. Mm-hmm. I felt nerves, but I wanted it. Now, do you think? Do you think the internal pressures affected you more, or the external? For me, it's always been internal. Okay, I don't feel. Anyone will ever be as critical or as hard or anything on me as I would on myself. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, I'm very much more internally motivated and driven than externally. Um, 
the accomplishments, the pat on the back, the admiration. I don't think any of that's bad, but it doesn't do much for me. Yeah. I've always been much more of an internal, I want to feel good about what I did at the end of the day. I want to feel confident about myself and that allows me to relax and have that peace. Whereas I could do a decent job and have everyone else tell me how great I did, whether, you know, sports or anything else, even with this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. I played it back for my wife. She thinks it's just awesome. She's so proud of me. And I'm like, "Mm, no, I got those little verbal hitches. I do this, you know, I I said, (laughs) oh, way too many times. I'm much more critical of myself than anyone else would, would be. Um, so I, th- I think that's always like, I've definitely always been internally motivated more than external. I completely agree. I We've talked about it, obviously, after each episode, just how our quips bother us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's us individually. Right. We just, we kind of just go in on ourselves. And it's like... <laughs> We got to ease up. It's something new. I think everybody, I think anytime something is new to someone, there's a, there's a fear of not knowing, not knowing how it's going to turn out, not knowing what it's going to be or what it's going to turn into. So I think, I think that fear kind of builds and for people like yourself and I, I think it. It, that's the internal it's mm-hmm. we put so much pressure on ourselves um because we do want to succeed we or we want to be good at what we do whether that's being a husband or a father or a friend or at work i think we all just most well I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> I want to be good at what I do. Um, hence, with my job, I truly believe I'm one of the best therapists there are around. Not everybody might think that. My style might not work for everybody, but that's just my internal, my internal motivator. Just, you know, you're good. Right. Go do it. Right. Go be good. Go be great. I um. Obviously, thinking about this, I was looking at a couple of the most famous people we got. We got Oprah, who was told she was unfit for TV. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, you know, failed out of um, failed out of film school three times. And Michael, MJ, arguably mm-hmm. the GOAT. Sure. You know, he got cut Not from... arguably, stop. <laughs> for you and me, he is. <laughs> but, you know, the new school millennials and Gen Zs and their LeBron. And whatever. I'm not going to go there right now. But no, you know, and he felt seven times before he won his first title. So I just, I look at them now and Oprah, we're 2.6 billion. Steven Spielberg, we're 3.4 billion. MJ, one and a half billion. I mean, billion. I never thought of that. And they're some of <laughs> the most famous faces on the earth, you know? Um, not even just the financial success that they had, but, and part of those, if you want to, we want to call them failures, mm-hmm. the effect that had on people, mm-hmm. on all of us, right? Because mm-hmm. we look at that like, oh, damn, Mike got cut from his high school team. He wasn't successful. People doubted him at one point. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But the effect that has on the masses, on, on, on the whole, is that, yeah, you can bomb at something. You can not be great at it. 
but you can get there. And I think that's one of the most important lessons from people like that is their their drive, their desire to do it was so great, it didn't matter if they were bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were, they still stuck to it and they worked at it and they got better. And I think that's the most important impact that people like that have had on on the collective, on mm. all of us, is to, oh, I can I can bomb at something and, and get better. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like there's two ways of taking those lessons because for some people, you take that lesson and it's like, I want to be better, like you said. They were regular people who got told they can't do it or shouldn't do it or wouldn't do it. Stuff that happens to us on a daily, weekly, yearly basis. Us regular, quote unquote, regular people. And then you find your niche or you take that turn. And all of a sudden, you're this big, impactful leader and motivator, Um, I think. For some people, that works out great. I think for some people, that fear of being that successful holds them back. Do you yeah. agree? Absolutely, yeah. I notice that with myself, maybe not a fear of success, but I have, um, I, again, I, I told my story, you know, living from the small town, and I've always been very much to myself. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to putting myself out there, in a broader sense, I'm very good one-on-one. I love one-on-one conversations. Uh, I'm not afraid to voice my opinion or give advice, and I feel like I, I do good with that. I'm able to provide something for others. It feeds me and fuels me, too. But when it comes to putting it out on a broader state, I've always resisted that. Doing something like this, resisted it. Um, having any kind of a, of a coaching thing or something like that always resisted it because there's this fear of what I would call like an imposter mm-hmm. fear where I think like, oh, I should be at a certain level of intelligence, consciousness, enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, before I can help someone else. And I actually know that's bullshit, <laughs> but I still feel it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's always caused a lot of resistance for me is that fear of someone listening to me and going, eh, you know what you're talking about. That's silly. That's ridiculous. Uh, or I, I did what you said and it didn't work. You don't know what you're talking about. That fear of like I could try to be helping someone and hurt them or hinder them or give some sort of wrong opinion or, or bad advice and... and have that backfire like that's terrifying to me <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree i call it criticism uh people either love to be criticized or hate to be criticized and when people are criticized they get defensive <laughs> and i feel like that's the the buildup of the fear and the, sure. the buildup of the pressure to be honest, that just boils over and not everybody knows how to handle it. I think it's a, I think I work on it daily, you know, just trying to deal with different situations within myself and externally from people and things that I have no control over. I think we both talked about it earlier that, that internal judge, Mm -hmm. 
And that's really strong in both of us, I think, because we are both internally motivated, mm-hmm. not so concerned with what someone else thinks or how someone else perceives us, but the internal judge is very strong Yeah, with both of us. I think with the majority of people, we grow up with that where, you know, we do something and our parents are disappointed and it makes us feel small and we judge ourselves. I know I do it all the time. I judge myself way harsher than anyone else ever would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that. And so... Part of the process for me is being able to accept that, mm-hmm. be okay with that, and still push through it. Because sometimes I, like I said, even just using this podcast as an example, I would sit and record something for 20 minutes, listen to it back, and my internal judge would say, that's horrible, that's not going to help anybody, that sounds fake, that's useless, Please delete that and don't do that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a podcast will do that to a lot of people. <laughs> so, and that's one of the, that's probably the one biggest thing I'm still working with and still the most is that internal judge. Because um, I can, I'll, I'll, I'm aware of it now, but I can be having a great day and then all of a sudden I'll create this story in my mind out of nowhere that I'm not good enough for something or, for instance, you know, my relationship with my wife. I love her dearly. She only shows me love and, and affection all the time. She's very busy. She's a very busy career. She does, you know, multiple different things. And so sometimes she doesn't have the bandwidth for a lot of communication or she, you know, is gone a lot during the day, gets mm-hmm. home late. And I'm always very supportive of that. But sometimes I'll have those moments where I'm like, oh, well, she just doesn't want to be with me. I'm not exciting enough. I'm not good enough. And again, I could be having the greatest day ever. And I'll create this story in my head for no reason, Mm -hmm. put myself in a bad mood. She comes home. And instead of being joyful and happy to see her, my energy will still give off this thing, this story I've created with my internal judge. And she's like, what's wrong with you? Your energy's off. And I'm like, how could you tell that? <laughs> but then I'll realize, oh, I, I've been working on this, this story for the last three hours, four hours in my head. I created, I made it feel real. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't mm-hmm. at all. And so just using that as an example, like, okay, how many other times do I do that? What else am I doing that with? Uh, and I keep going back to the example of this podcast. Yeah, I'm probably doing, I'm definitely doing that. With this too. Yeah. You know? And so it's... I'm more aware of it now, but I, I still struggle a lot with it. I'm sure it's something I will always struggle with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I'm just trying to get better at not paying attention to it. Or when that story starts to get created, just stopping that snowball from rolling all the way down the hill and, and, and getting bigger. So I'm trying to cut that off earlier. Uh, but man, I, I do that all the time. <laughs> oh, Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it goes back to last week's episode when we were just talking about being present and practices that we use. And I go through that same struggle at night. Anybody who knows me, I do not sleep well. I get my mind and my body are programmed for six hours. And I am asleep at two and awake at eight. And that's just not by choice. Yeah. 
But at night is when all my internal judgment happens. And I will replay the entire day. (laughs) And I will see what I did, how I responded, how I reacted. And then I judge. And I say, well, I could have said that instead of that. Or I could have done that instead of that. Now they think I'm an idiot. Or now they think I'm an asshole. Or now they think I can't do this. Or, you know, I just create these questions and this whole chaotic situation. And then I battle with that. Well, next time I'm going to do it this way. Or next time I'm going to go about it that way. And, I mean, it's it's the judge. I, I take it for both it's good and bad. I think it does help me in situations that may repeat themselves, whereas some people aren't able to change their behavior because they are have a level of stubbornness, mm-hmm. which I've always been. I've always had a great level of stubbornness that I've worked on over the years, and I'm much better at now. Uh, that's part of my self-help that I've worked on. But, yeah, the internal judge really... It's that line before, that breaking, that tipping point line for me. And it's Mm -hmm. just, you got to tilt it towards using it for the good. Because when you use it for the bad, like you said, that energy comes off. And it omits to the people around you Mm -hmm. and to every day, everything you're doing throughout the day. And that's just, it's no fun. It's no fun at all. So, so how do you how do you battle that? How do you try to find the, the balance? Or is there any and like stuff that you, things that you do, some practices that you do to get that balance between not letting it be hypercritical? Just getting out of my head. Now, this is a twofold answer because it both helps and hurts sometimes, and that's mm-hmm. kind of when I know my limit. But for me, just being active. Whether it's playing sports, playing sports helps. I've been playing a lot more beach volleyball, which forces me to be by the water Mm -hmm. and in that nature element. And it slows everything down. For me, it's just slowing everything down. The way I work is my mind is going a a million miles a minute. And so um, I'm great at multitasking. I may be listening to you but doing two other things at once just because it's all going through my head so sports forces me to calm down because Mm. now i'm not thinking about the external world and the Mm. problems or whatever is going on i'm focusing on oh we gotta get this point you know (laughs) or i gotta get that dig or um softball and so i'm i'm very active softball twice a week volleyball once or twice a week, running, just all of it, music, just gets me out of my head, gets me to stop Mm -hmm. thinking so damn much. And so that all all really helps for me. How about you? Uh, Same thing. Any kind of physical activity is Mm -hmm. good for me, even if it's just... I just gotta go go for a little walk mm-hmm. <laughs> at night. You know, sometimes I'll do that. I just um, I'll just you know take a little ten minute walk. But yeah, f- any kind of physical exertion definitely helps me a lot. One of the things I've been trying to do too, and it kind of sounds a little corny, but just to show when that judge creeps up, treat it. I know it's part of me. It's part of you know. It's it's my ego talking. It's it's my small self. But to just show love and compassion for that at the same time. So even though, again, even though it sounds corny, I'm just I'm kind of just giving it voice to words of yeah. kind of a conversation I'll have in my head. 
but just saying, thank you. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. Thank you for trying to help me be my best. And just kind of showing love and appreciation for that, that judge, giving it compassion as opposed to feeling guilty and then judging myself for the judge. Yes. <laughs> kind of doubling down on it. And just to give it compassion, because it's, it's there for a reason, right? Like it's, like I said, there, there is some good to it. It does help us be sharper. It does help us be better. So just to voice that in, internally, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I know you have good intentions. Mm-hmm. I know you're looking out for me. Yep. But <laughs> it's it's a little it's a little bit much right now. It's a little over harsh. I know what you're doing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But I don't need all of that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helps kind of dissipate the energy around it a little bit. It helps me kind of take it apart as this isn't me. It's it's a thought I'm having. It's a feeling I'm having, and kind of create that separation, even if it's just for a little bit, so I don't get too wrapped up in it and too consumed with this is me. I am horrible. I am awful. No, I'm I'm having this internal conversation with myself, where my ego is telling me I'm not enough. Or I'm not good enough. My internal judge is is judging the shit out of me right now, <laughs> and it's okay. But I don't need to attach myself to it. Yeah. And I think that's where it's important that we have control over our internal judge, you can say. Um, I, I really think that's what we're doing with this podcast. We are going against our, completely against our <laughs> internal judge. We both, we've, I can say this, we've talked about it. We both think we sound absolutely ridiculous <laughs> on a microphone. <laughs> Um, I believe a lot of people probably do. Not everybody has Dickie Vitale's voice, you know? Um, but yeah, no, this, if we can do it, I think you can do it. Um, this is a platform just to show you that we're all battling internally something. We all have these obstacles that we're trying to work around in life and, for me, another thing that I didn't mention is our talks like these with mm-hmm. my friends, with people who I really, truly care about. Friends, family, anybody close to me. Everybody knows me. I'm not afraid to talk about whatever the hell's going on. But there are people who do struggle with that. And I can't, I can't stress it enough. That just talking about things, just hearing yourself release it Mm -hmm. and having somebody else fully listen to you and really hear you and take it in, that shit matters, man. It makes a difference. It it helps more than I could have ever imagined that helping because the way I used to be is I used to hold stuff in. And when you do that, you just... You run the risk of getting close to this point where it's hard for you to get out of. Mm-hmm. You just get stuck in this rut and you're your own worst enemy. But that's the same thing we were talking about, right? If, if I don't want to talk about what I'm struggling with and what I'm feeling with someone else for fear of they're going to judge me or mm-hmm. they're going to look at me differently or they're not going to love me anymore or they're not going to be my friend... 
we're just doing this. It's just the same thing. Yeah. It's a different symptom, but it's the same exact problem. It's just that internal judge telling us, again, that we're not good enough, that no one's going to understand. No one else is, is experiencing this. No one else is going through this. Well, that's definitely not true. Like, we all... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the same thing. And that's where people need to be better. I need to be better of cutting those type of people out of your life. Not sure. for nothing, but... If you have a quote-unquote friend that's going to judge you, then do they have your best... You know, you're opening up to them. Do they have your best interest in? Because you're being vulnerable and they are smack, smacking you with it, you know? That's not fair. That's not right. That's not energy I personally want to have in my life. I, was, I listened to something the other day and they were used this as an example. It kind of It stuck with me pretty good. It said if you were to write down in a journal all of just your deepest, darkest thoughts, your craziest, sickest, weirdest thoughts, how many people in your life would you be comfortable giving that to for them to read? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. Right? I was like, oh, okay. You know, actually, I, and actually, when I started going through it, I felt like, okay, I do actually have a pretty good amount yeah. of that on there because I think I yeah. removed the fear from myself. Mm-hmm. For that, that that I, you know, I'm, I'm very like you. I'm very comfortable being open and honest about mm-hmm. what I'm feeling and what I'm going through. Yeah, I actually kind of like it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, I do. I do actually have a pretty good amount. But it was it was a good question. Like, oh, yeah. What, what what do we call friends or what do we call like people that we think we're close to that maybe I wouldn't I wouldn't give that to. <laughs> and and this might be a topic for another day, but that is that is something I think we all bet. I think that's a daily grind for each and every individual. The people in your life sometimes, it's just, I don't know. There's always people who don't have your best interest, and it's kind of... I used to be scared of that. Yep. I used to be scared of having to find out who that was and look <laughs> at them in a different light. You know, yeah. because I I look at the best in everybody, sure. you know, but no, I think I think it's tough having to have those tough conversations with yourself, which we do mm-hmm. on, you know, occasion. And um, yeah, know that this is not good for me. This is no <laughs> longer good for me. I think it's, yeah. you know, and, and with the judging thing in front, I'm not telling you guys to drop your friends or anything like that. This this was me. This is what have worked for me, you know. But I think if there's anything you can't say to a friend, you know, ju- judging I'm talking about from a negative place of just, you know, you smile on this person's face, but really you feel a whole different sure. type of way. And you tell everybody you feel a whole different type of way. Anything I'm feeling about somebody, I can say and will say to them. I've had these conversations with them, you know. So it's just, I just want that twofold, that two-way relationship, friendship of just give me what I'm giving you. Mm -hmm. You know, put out what I'm putting out. Because I think that's the only way we can fully connect on that level that I'm looking for. That energy that I'm looking for to keep in my life. And I think part of that, you know, going back to what we talked about before, when we wanted the pressure, you know, relating it to the sports, when we wanted the pressure, we wanted the big moment, it's because we were confident in ourselves. 
So confidence is, you know, to me, just another form of self-love. Mm-hmm. So I love myself enough to know that I'm good enough for this and, and I can I can be this in this moment. And so I think the same way in the way that we relate to others, if we're confident in ourselves, we have we love ourselves truly, we're able to share mm-hmm. and we're able to give and we're able to say things comfortably that might sound weird or twisted or, or yeah. <laughs> gross or but that, that fear of someone else judging us or separating from us because of that goes away because I'm confident with me. I love me. Mm-hmm. And so whatever someone else's opinion of that, mm-hmm. not going to have the big of an effect. And that goes back to what we were talking about originally too, being internally motivated rather than externally. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Now, confidence, that's a, <laughs> that's a great word that you just introduced. Uh, how do you feel you build your confidence? Hmm. I think there's two, maybe kind of two different types with that. So the first is I've done something a lot. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a good routine with it. Um, again, I, I hate to always go back to sports, but it's just an easy. It's so easy. <laughs> it's an for easy uh, <laughs> illustration for everything they yeah. talk about. So, you know, if I'm shooting free throws... And I was not a great free throw shooter, <laughs> but if I'm doing this, if I just keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again, I'm going to develop a, a muscle memory, a comfortability with it where I'm not having to think about it anymore, what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm reaching a level of mastery with the mechanics, with the, the process of it. So it's less, it's no, I can take away the thought process of it. So I think that's one part of confidence is just having done something so many times. You know the steps. I know the process. And I don't have to think about it. I'm good with that. Let me yeah, Clint. let me just interject really quick. So sports, I, I get it both ways. But sports, at a certain point, I feel like somebody may miss 100 free throws and say, fuck it, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at this. Mm-hmm. And quit. Now, in life, how do you get past that moment? Where it's, you've missed so much that you don't know whether to go forward or not. So I think that's the second part of confidence is, at least by my definition, uh-huh. it's not because I have experience with something or I've done something so many times, but just I have this internal belief in myself mm-hmm. that I am good enough mm-hmm. for whatever pops up. And even if I don't succeed in whatever the certain thing might be, I missed the free throw. I'm still confident in myself. One failure or one learning moment doesn't take me down to let that internal judge take control and tell me how shitty I am. Yeah. You know, so it's that's the second part to me is not listening to that internal judge. Knowing. And I don't mean a knowing in my head thought. I mean a knowing in my soul feeling in my body feeling that yeah I'm good enough and I'm I will do this thing and I am confident in myself not because I've done it but because I'm just confident in myself and that I think it really all, always goes back to to love self love mm-hmm. do I love myself enough to forgive myself when I failed mm-hmm. and do I love myself enough to know that I'll, I'll get it next time yeah I like that I like that for me, the confidence builder comes from 
being comfortable with getting comfortable with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. as opposed to being comfortable with being comfortable. Um, so some examples for me are moving yep. from Connecticut to California, which was something never in a million years thought I'd do. Like I said, back home, I mean, not a, not up until the last, I'd say, probably 10 years, nobody really left in state, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, people would leave, come back if they left. But we're just so family and friend-oriented there. It's, you know, you, you get married, you have kids, you get a house, you get the job. And very small-town feel. Yeah. Um, and nothing wrong with that. I sure. The greatest thing is I envy my friends who are in that situation. <laughs> and they envy me for being sure. in my situation. We just... We love seeing each other succeed in different mm-hmm. ways. But for me, it was uncomfortable when I moved out here. Yep. I knew one person. <laughs> and we broke up <laughs> in two months. So, you know, I had to figure it out. I had to survive. I don't want to say survive, but I really just had to work on myself and yeah I guess it's not like you, you know like you were your life was threatened but in a sense your ego had a had a death threat yeah because that's that that's your world that's your experience yes. that's all you know so yeah it, it, it was threatening I <laughs> left hundreds of people who care about me who got my back who will take mm-hmm. care of me to a place where now I have one person I mean thankfully we've remained friends but I had one person that I know had my back. Mm-hmm. That's scary, man. Sure. That's scary. Um, thankfully now, you included, you and Laura included, but I, I have a host of families out here. You know, this is San Diego truly is my second home. I've made it that. I've grown here. I've started a business here, which is another thing. I've always been a team player. Mm-hmm. I've always been team athletics. I loved group assignments in school (laughs) um i just i never i don't mind taking all the blame put it on my shoulders i'm I'm good with that that's fine but i don't ever want to take all the accolades either Mm -hmm. i don't you know i have a host of people that help me Get to where I'm at or help me do what I do or help support me, whether it be verbally, financially, like whatever. I just have great support that I'm thankful for. I'm incredibly thankful for. Uh, so that that helps me with my confidence. Not necessarily the attaboys and the pat on mm-hmm. the backs, but, you know, just the... Just the confidence that they have in me for the things that I help them with or, you know, open their eyes to. Do like the, the attaboys and the accolades and the appreciation of other people, does that make you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Why is it? Because I feel that I feel that same way too. Like I'm I'm uncomfortable with that someone telling me I did a great job sometimes, or like for instance, last week was my birthday. 
Yeah. And I go so far out of my way to not tell anyone, anyone it's my birthday because mm-hmm. I just, I hate that kind of attention for whatever reason, even though it's meant well, yep. but it makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, yep. why is that? And then they get mad at you for not telling them it's right. your birthday or do you want to do anything for your birthday? Um, I think it's because I'm not doing it for recognition. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm internally driven. I'm internally motivated. I really am, even... If I don't say it or come out and show it. So it's it's really, like you said, just for me internally. So when other people kind of, like I said, again, it's nice because, you know, with our parents, we wanted to show them that we were doing good and we were making them proud. But So it feels good-ish, but it's not why I do mm-hmm. what I do. You know, yeah. um, yeah, I can't decide if it's well, it's probably both, right? Part of it is same as you, I don't do it for to get it, I don't do anything to get attention, yeah, I just do anything because it's something I want to do or it's important to me, and so the accomplishment of that is is enough for me. I don't need anyone to tell me that, but also, I think you know that that inter- internal judge is a part of that too, where if someone tells me, Oh, you did such a great job, oh, you're so awesome, oh, happy birthday, oh, whatever it is, there's there's Part of it still goes. Oh, I'm not worthy of that. Let me let me let me duck that. Let me get yeah. out from under that. Or let me make let me make a joke to kind of get 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 around that. Yeah. As opposed to just saying thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> I, why? I don't know why it's so hard to just say thank you right. and accept it. I always feel like just saying thank you isn't enough. Right. I'm like, they, they, what more do they want? Like, thank you, but I don't. I don't know. I've actually, it's funny you brought this up. I've gotten, I've started practicing on this because I've had my dog Zion, love him, best dog in the world, (laughs) in my eyes, of course. Um, But I've had him three years now. Mm -hmm. And I was very strict. I said, again, this is going to confidence building. I said, I don't want to rely on anybody else to shape or form him into anything other than what I want. So I'm going to take on this responsibility. So all my training was my training with him. I spent a lot of time with him. Mm-hmm. Incredible amounts of help from my friends who did help watch him when I did have to go to work and such. But outside of that, I was like, I'm going to be stern and we're going to get through this together. Now, people see my dog and meet my dog and they're shocked by how well trained he is and how good he is and how by calm the way, he is. This is a very high energy, husky, <laughs> athletic, rip the couch to shreds kind of dog. Yes. I have the short, fat, lazy bulldog, so it's much easier for me to do that. I just let him sleep. That that was the training, but you actually did work on this. Yeah, yeah. And it was give and take, which is how I how I treat all my friendships, relationships. I'll give you I'll take, you know, equally. Like, we just work together. So, I'll let you run out in the park for two hours. If you're just be calm and let me work so that I can provide for you. You you know, because they are expensive. But anyway. No, so, you know, people acknowledge that. And for the longest, it was hard for me to just say thank you. Mm -hmm. And so, finally... I've been working over on it, and I've been getting better. And it's just the first step, but I've been getting better at saying thank you. I appreciate that. 
I, I did a lot of work with him. And so I appreciate mm-hmm. you acknowledging that. Yeah. And again, it's more than a thank you. Sure. But it's less than, it's, it's me acknowledging that they acknowledged, sure. you know, what I've done. And so that's my new kind of homework training mm-hmm. that I'm working on personally. Sure. And, then, you know, I try to look at it too from the standpoint of the other person. If I'm complimenting someone or I'm giving them something, like I, I want them to receive that. Mm-hmm. I want them to feel good about that. So I know when I have the habit of deflecting that or making a joke about it, then the other person feels the need to try to come back with it again and, and want it to sink in. And then maybe they end up the conversation feeling, you know, kind of a little bit off because I didn't allow them yeah. that. Or at the very least, it makes it go on longer. So if I just say <laughs> thank you, that can be the end of it. I don't have to endure this anymore. <laughs> I've been there. It's so funny. It's so funny. I've been there. <laughs> no, it's really nothing. No, you did a great job. No, I really, it was really nothing. I didn't even do it. It was just circumstance. No, no, no. You really gave it your all. No, it just, and it's a 10 minute thing as opposed to a 30 second thing. I'm like, I hate this. Why am I keeping it going for longer? <laughs> yeah. It's just a game of tag and you're, you're only playing with five feet. Back and forth, back and forth. No. So yeah, I guess acknowledgement is just... I, I'm sure people have noticed over the last, since I've started this practice over the last year or so, I, I've been telling people I appreciate you and I appreciate, I use the word appreciate a mm-hmm. lot more because I think for us, thank you is not enough, <laughs> but appreciation may be. Um, sure. For me, at least it is. I appreciate that from you. Mm-hmm. I really do. Thank you. Yeah. So allow... Allowing someone else to practice gratitude mm-hmm. is important. Not just always being selfish with ourselves. Like if, even if I feel uncomfortable with that, someone else is trying to practice some gratitude. Yeah. Let me let them do that. Yeah. So we started out talking about being driven by fear, whether it was fear of success, fear of failure. We know because of what we talked about before, love is always a much more powerful force than fear. So how... How are you working on transitioning from being driven by fear to being driven by love? Or how, how can we switch that around? Hmm. That's a good question. I didn't think yeah. about the, the love-fear comparison, actually. Um, I, guess it is, I, I guess it is strong, and it, it connects directly just because everything... I go through every step that I take in this journey of growth and just transitioning into being a better person and thinking better, making better decisions is driven by the people I love or the love I have for what I'm trying to achieve. So I'm trying to achieve a a business that's Mm -hmm. successful and going well and it's something I love to do so because I love to do what I do I'm not so fearful of I guess I'm not really fearful of failure or success because I'm more driven Mm -hmm. it's more it's more driven in that sense and it's because I have so much love for it yeah um my friendships, I will go so hard for you because I love you as a person. I love you as a presence in my life. So, yeah, they're directly 
related, I guess. And honestly, the love is probably overpowering the fear sure. for me. Yeah. I feel that too, the same thing you mentioned. When I take the focus off of myself and I make it about someone else or I'm stopping the focusing on how I sound versus how does this affect the collective. And when I say the collective, I mean, I don't mean to sound like too grandiose or corny over the top, but the collective as as all of us as a whole, Mm -hmm. mankind as a whole. And I do believe that all the things we individually do affect that energy of the collective, of the whole. And so whenever I take the focus off of me, I take me out of it, remove my ego, remove my insecurities and judgments and all those things and I focus on that collective or I can focus on someone else directly what I'm doing for and I always use you know the example of Laura's is just the easiest one for me always mm-hmm. you know I can get frustrated and tired if it's doing something stupid like you know taking care of the dogs or doing dishes or cleaning up the house laundry whatever it is but when I switch my when I take the me out of it and I do it because I want her to feel comfortable and peaceful when she gets home because I know she's had a really long day and I want to make sure when she gets here, she's re- she can be relaxed and she doesn't feel she has a ton to do and she can just recover mm-hmm. the next day. Then I have joy in doing those things and taking care of all those things. So I feel that that's the biggest difference. Whereas I could be driven by fears like, oh, if I don't get this done, I'm not going to feel good about myself or things are going to be upset or maybe she'll be upset with me. So that's a totally different experience than doing those things for her out of love mm-hmm. because they're for her mm-hmm. and not for me. So that, that's, that's the biggest change for me. And even doing, you know, whether it's this podcast or my job or whatever it is, it's all for when I, when I focus that on the collective, on the universal, not just me, I'm able to just, be driven by love and not out of fear anymore. Okay, so do you do you feel there is no fear without love and vice versa? Mm, I think they're separate. Um, I do believe those are the only two emotions okay. that we have. Yep. Is fear and love. And every other description of that, every other word is just some sort of form of that, whether it's you know, happy, joy, peace, all love, um, anxiety, stress, all fear. All fear. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you know, so I do feel that those are the two, the only two emotions that we really have are those two. And so that simplifies it for me when I'm feeling a certain way, like, oh, I'm fearful. I'm shutting down. I'm closing down. I'm withdrawing into myself. All fear-based feelings. Mm-hmm. But when I'm expanding, my heart is open. I'm joyful. I'm having a good time. Now I'm doing something out of love. So I really try to pay attention to that. My mood with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not only paying attention to what I'm doing in the moment, but my mood and my energy around it. And, you know, I still do a lot of things <laughs> by rote, and, <laughs> yeah. and I still feel stress and anxiety. And all of course. Things. But, It'll never go away right. completely. But just I, I can definitely notice the difference. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in a decent enough space, I can try to switch that around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And if there's one thing I can just relay to... Everybody, no matter what you believe in or how you react to anything, just love a little more. Try to love a little more. It's it's not hard, you know? And it takes away the fear of everything, like we just said. Um, 
we all have these fears and these internal judges and it's just you know with love you put love into everything that you do and all the decisions you make and who you surround yourself with and you might notice a change so it just it makes everything easier it, it does, does. Just, it really it, does this is not because we're you know naive and wanting everybody to just love and and do the right thing primarily i started this cuz i'm lazy <laughs> and and being loving just makes everything easier for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Absolutely. And then you get to see the effect that it has on everyone else and it's it's more motivating. But it's just easier. It's just an mm -hmm. easier way to live. It's it's just more enjoyable. It's fun mm -hmm. than the other. It it's a thousand times better to see the people around you smile and be happy as opposed to mm -hmm. being miserable or sad or hurt, you know. It, it's a huge difference. It exudes sure. everywhere, and yeah. it's energy. And I know we keep talking about energy, but it, it really is. For me, it's so... It's everything. It's everything. I want good energy because when I have good energy, I'm able to be the best version of me that in turn helps other people, hopefully, mm -hmm. want to be the best version of them. Sure. You know, and I just... I want to do my small part to, you know, help myself, but if I can help others while well, I do. And that's all we can do. Like, to... you know, you can tell by us talking, we're just as lost and confused as anybody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we're all just, we're all playing our part and, and doing our role and trying to provide a little bit more good energy and love to, to that collective. And, you know, and we get to enjoy the benefits in our, our personal lives, too. Absolutely. And it's a pleasure sharing it with you guys. So again, please share with us your questions, your discussions amongst your group chats. Um, any topics that you have that you may or may not talk to people about. Yeah, you can do it here anonymously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We will not mention any names or persons involved with us or with the podcast. So if you want to send us something, uh, present tense podcast AM at gmail.com we've got that and we've got the instagram coming up as well yeah just working on a logo guys bear with me we're gonna release our first five episodes all at once and go from there so it'll be up on instagram under present tense and yeah all right thank you everybody for listening peace and love to you all and we'll see you on the next one see you next time guys